in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. That cold rain is letting up, but don't get too comfortable right now because another storm is already heading our way. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Jayla Washington. Meteorologist Rich Siegel joining us to break down this rain. You know what? I'm All not going to say it was really nice for my sleep yesterday. Yeah. It was sleepy weather. It really <laughs> was. Outside of Mason, which only have less than a tenth of an inch of rain, the majority of our reporting stations picked up anywhere from a half an inch to nearly two inches. Oh, wow. All smiles in the weather <laughs> office so today. I really am. <laughs> Let us take a look at uh, the clouds and the radar right now. We continue with an overcast sky for the area, uh, but there is no rain. The last little bit of rain ended around midnight, and now we are dry for a brief period because, as the uh, Sally said, we have another storm system heading in our direction, but right now things are dry. We expected fog. We have fog. Fog has visibility reduced at just about all locations, especially along and east of I-35. Visibility down to three miles at Camp Mabry and four miles at the airport. 43 in Lockhart right now from the Kreitz Market camera. The overcast sky there. Lockhart had a decent rain. I'm going to share rain totals with you uh, during the morning. Temperatures are in the 40s uh, region-wide, low 40s in the hill country mid and upper 40s along and east of the interstate. It's 44 right now at Camp Maybreed. Wind is out of the north at around 5 to 15. We have higher wind speeds in LaGrange and Flatonia right now. All right, clouds through the morning and then a little bit of clearing in the afternoon. High today around 54 degrees, so most of our high temperatures in the low to mid 50s. We'll have more rain totals to talk about the next two rounds of storms and leaving the 50s when that happens a little bit later on here in first morning weather. Back to you. Thank you. A spike of auto theft and car burglaries nationwide according to local police and now thieves are targeting smaller communities too. Yeah, in Maynard, people at a senior living facility feel violated after thieves broke into vehicles there. KXAN's Brianna Hollis reports. I felt invaded. Patricia and her neighbors at the Commons at Maynard, a 55-plus apartment community, woke up to this shortly after Christmas. Smashed car windows, torn apart interiors, glass all over the parking lot. 12 to 15 people whose cars have been damaged. And for Patricia, her car wasn't even there. My car is the one that was actually broken into and was stolen and was used to break into a business. The Maynard Police Department told KXAN it investigated about 100 similar cases last year, up from the year before. Maynard PD also revealed these types of investigations pose challenges because typically there are no witnesses or usable evidence. Patricia says most of her neighbors are retired, so they're on a fixed income, and the break-ins have put them in a financial bind. We are afraid. And they worry this will happen again due to two broken security gates. Front gates wide open. You got the back gates wide open. It's anybody can come in here. The property's corporate office tells us it's aware of the break-ins. The office also told KXAN while trying to look into the crimes, they realized the security cameras didn't work. Camera repairs are underway, but while waiting on a part to fix the gates, the complex plans to hire security guards to patrol at night. We live in a senior citizens complex, so we're supposed to feel secure here. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Well, going in depth, according to Austin Police data we analyzed, of more than 10,000 auto theft cases, only 8% resulted in arrests. The most targeted locations for auto theft in Austin for 2022 and 2023 were the airport parking lots, Barton Creek Mall, two U-Haul locations near highways in South Austin, and four apartment complexes in different parts of town. 
Overseas to Tokyo now, Japan this morning, where more details are being revealed about the fully loaded passenger jet that crashed into a smaller Japanese Coast Guard plane yesterday, causing massive fireball on the runway. Yeah, absolutely incredible, yeah. that video. The larger jet had been cleared to land, raising questions as to why a second plane was on the same runway in the first place. Aviation expert John Cox tells NBC that this is a prime example of why the U.S. National Transportation Safety Board has raised concerns about several recent close calls in American airports. Runway incursions are very serious. This is a worst case uh, scenario when you have two airplanes on the same runway at the same time. Uh, it has been decades since we have had one of these. Uh, in the last few years, we've had some near misses, some close, uh, close calls. But uh, this one to have the airplane actually land and strike the other one, um, this reinforces the NTSB's concern about runway incursions. Well, this morning on today, the investigation into what led to two planes colliding on a runway of one of Japan's busiest airports and the lesson in a quick evacuation that saved hundreds of lives. A juvenile is facing a manslaughter charge this morning following the death of New Year's Day that happened just outside of Round Rock. It happened Monday in the morning on Arizo Drive near Curley Elementary School. The Williamson County Sheriff's Office says 17-year-old Andere Bowser died from a gunshot wound. They also added they charged a juvenile suspect and because of their age, they're not releasing that suspect's name just yet. The new numbers from our local electric car maker look back at the year for Tesla as they beat expectations to close out 2023. Plus the concern over little notice and what the loss of a facility for the community means for everyone. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to KXAN News Today. A live look outside on this Wednesday, January the 3rd. Rich is here with the latest look at your forecast and the rain totals that we saw yesterday and if we could expect any more later on this week. Let's talk about the news this morning. More meth is off the streets of Central Texas. The Travis County Sheriff's Office says it made the largest seizure of meth in over two decades. An arrest and surveillance video actually led the office's vice unit to 15 and a half kilograms of methamphetamine, around 34 pounds of meth, and they also found weapons. A federal grand jury indicted a man connected to the bust, and he faces up to 10 years in prison if convicted. The Sheriff's Office says the fentanyl, that fentanyl was also found in the drugs. Well, here in Travis County, the leading cause of accidental deaths in 2022 was drug overdoses. That year, the medical examiner's office said 417 people died from accidental overdoses, with 248 related to methamphetamine. The second highest cause was deadly motor vehicle accidents, which killed around 200 people. The previous year, in 2021, marked the first time in a decade there were more accidental drug-related deaths than motor vehicle deaths or deadly falls. If your regular commute includes driving on South Mopac, got a big heads up for you this morning. The Central Texas Regional Mobility Authority is warning of a lane closure. The lane closure is not going to happen until later on this week, but just a reminder this morning that it is going to happen. Southbound Mopac between Barton Skyway and Loop 360 will be closed from 9 Thursday night to 5 o'clock Friday in the morning, all part of a new traffic pattern for that section of road. So crews can complete a number of improvements like new lanes and ramps. The project is expected to cost <coughs> $10 million and be completed by late this year. Locally based electric car maker Tesla beat Wall Street estimates, announcing fourth quarter sales just this week. And according to the company, steep price cuts helped Tesla increase sales to end the year up almost 20% in the fourth quarter. 
Tesla just announced it sold more than 480,000 vehicles worldwide from October through December. For the full year, Tesla said it sold just over 1.8 million vehicles. That's up more than 37% from the year before. The company produced 1.85 million vehicles, and an earnings call is set for January 24th. Coming up, why the GOP won't be getting its way after weeks of back and forth on the fate of hand-counted ballots in Travis County. And the new resource in Hayes County for people struggling to get access to treatment as the county helps people detox from substance abuse. Good morning all for Texas football after their loss in the Sugar Bowl. One of their star players declaring for the NFL draft already with the details coming up. Good morning, everyone. Bright and early on Wednesday morning here on KXAN News Today. Thank you so much for waking up with us, showing you a live look outside, overlooking the gorgeous downtown Austin skyline. Still a little cloudy out there. We're going to get a look at our forecast in just a bit. But first, the federal judge is soon expected to unseal hundreds of court documents related to Jeff Jeffrey Epstein, the convicted sex offender. They would reveal the names of 150 people ranging from his victims to his associates. Attorney Mark Randaza, who moved to unseal the records years ago, says records from a now settled civil suit have been kept from the public. A lot of the court file that should have been open to the public was not. So everything that the court relied on that was in the record that contributed to that summary judgment has got to be made public. Ahead on the Today Show, what this could mean for the victims abused by Epstein and those with a connection to him. Well, after a weeks-long negotiation process, a key element of the March primary election contract between the Travis County Dems and the GOP is not going to pan out after all. Mm -mm, we're talking about hand-counting ballots, something the GOP pushed for in order to do a hand-count. The GOP had to come up with the resources to do it by December 31st but couldn't pull it together in time. Something a political science professor we talked with says is difficult to do. That's where the real devil is. It's in those details of actually going and hand counting ballots here in Travis County. And if you're going to do a full hand count, the number of people and the amount of time is astronomical. According to the Republican Party chair, mail-in ballots will still be hand counted. Early in election day voting will be left to the machines. Travis County Clerk sent us the agreed upon criteria for hand counting those ballots and that includes finding a secure counting location, determining the number of counting staff required by doing a hand count test run. They would also have needed to recruit those people by now and getting ballot boxes for all sites where people could drop off their ballots. Hey, looking further, Gillespie County actually plans to make the switch to hand counting this year with the primary in March. Republicans there who pushed for the hand count they now have to recruit 100 additional election workers to do election day tasks that normally would have fallen on county workers. The county is expecting somewhere around 3,000 ballots for that election. Well, it is time for you to vote on something else. <laughs> We're talking about the best <laughs> viewer photo of December. We get literally hundreds of these every single month. And we count them all by hand, too. We want you to showcase some of the best pictures that we got. Oh, that's a cool, do you see the owl? Oh my god! It's gosh. mixed in with that tree, that's fun. So cool. We narrow them down to our 10 favorites every single month, and then we let you pick the winner. So right now on our website, you can vote on which photo you think is our top photo for the month of December. All you gotta do is head over to our website, kxan.com, 
click on this story and the winning shot will move on to represent December, the best viewer photos of the year also on our website at kxan.com. So beautiful shots that yes. we have of different kinds of animals and nature. Right. Mm -hmm. I love the beauty shots of like the skyline mm -hmm. and the sunsets. That was the one that I had thought I might pick, but then the owl, the owl? captivated my interest. And so, you know, I may have to... <laughs> I may have to change it. We get to, you know, vote here just to, you know, to see what the employees want, mm -hmm. but it's your vote that really counts. I am so happy this morning. You really I mean, are. You're giddy. I'm telling I, you. I feel like I've never seen you this giddy ever <laughs> in my life. This is a good rain then. <laughs> the normal rainfall for the month is 2.64 inches, and take a look at how much Camp Mabry picked up yesterday. 1.28. That's 48% of the normal monthly rainfall. Maybe this will be one of those rare months where we go above. And here are some of the uh, higher rain totals. By the way, we are 1.08 inches above average for the month and obviously for the year as well. Our highest rain total comes from Western Milam County. Thorndale, you good people had 1.98 inches in your city's rain gauge. Backbone Creek near Marble Falls, an inch and two thirds of a uh, little less than that at Bull Creek at 360, just under an inch and a half at reporting stations at Jollyville and Cedar Park, but I have more to share with you coming up later on. Here is a live look from the Austonian. We've got a lot of cloud cover and a significant amount of fog right now, 44 degrees at the present time. The upper level low that gave us that plentiful rain yesterday has now advanced further on into northeast Texas and into uh, Louisiana and Arkansas. We are already looking at the next one. This one's settling just to uh, the west of San Francisco, and that will nosedive to the south and east and head to our area, leaving us or giving giving us our next chance of rain. We're going to stay cloudy through the day today. Then tomorrow, late in the afternoon and evening, the first round of rain will expand into the eastern viewing area Thursday night. It's the overnight hours where we'll start seeing some of the heavier rains, and then that rain will move out and will be dry with decreasing clouds on Friday. Then as we head into the weekend, it's just going to be dry on Saturday and Sunday. Another front and an attendant upper level low head to this area. We see some rain late Sunday night into Monday morning, continuing through the day. Winds out of the southwest strong on uh, Monday and will stay strong Tuesday out of the northwest. That front comes across the area late on Monday night into Tuesday morning and then Tuesday afternoon will be dry. Here is the uh, rain projection going out to Friday morning about a tenth to a quarter of an inch with a few isolated totals higher than that and then this is what happens when we add the rain that we'll have on Monday. From the first morning weather center 54 today mostly cloudy north wind at 5 to 10 41 in the morning with a northeast wind at 5 and the best rain chances coming again well that's I don't know how that got there uh, there's your seven day 57 Thursday low 60s Friday Saturday mid 60s Sunday and then we warm on Monday with another front Monday night into Tuesday. Thank you, Rich. Well, a local ER has closed its doors indefinitely. Emergency officials say it was with little notice to agencies and it potentially puts a lot of people at risk. Yeah, the hospital is at Westlake Medical Center and said that it would be closing its emergency department by 8 o'clock in the evening Friday night. When we reached out to Officer Travis County EMS to see if they knew about the closure, a representative said one of its ambulances was transporting a patient to the hospital Friday in the afternoon when they learned the emergency department would be closing in just a few hours. They do say the hospital mostly takes patients who have non-life-threatening conditions and who do not require specialists. Now, the Capital Area of Texas Regional Advisory Council, which oversees emergency services in the area, says it was aware of the closure at first through rumors, but got official word from the hospital on Friday evening. 
They said this isn't usually how closures like this are handled. The process that we would prefer would be adequate notice to the public, adequate notice to our EMS partners, and adequate no notice to the other hospitals that might be absorbing that volume. We did get a statement from the hospital and it said as part of our ongoing restructuring efforts, we have made the difficult decision to close the emergency room for now. We promptly informed all necessary agencies about this change and will maintain open communication on any further developments, end quote. Hospital filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in September. School districts around Central Texas are working to get more armed officers on campus, the result of a new Texas law to increase safety on school campuses. Yeah, but now as many districts are seeing, it's really hard to fill those positions. Bill Ramada shows us what one local district is doing to attract more officers. Walking the halls at Hutto High School. Hello, everything going all right? Yes, sir. All right. Good. Cool. If y'all need anything, let us know. Hutto ISD officer Randy Wheeler checks in to see how everyone's doing. Everything going all right? Wheeler, one of 18 police officers in the district. House Bill 3, which passed last summer, required school districts to have an armed officer on every campus. So Hutto added officers. We've doubled our size. Hutto ISD Police Chief William Edwards says they still need to fill positions, though. We need six more full-time officers at this particular point in time. In April, the district will begin their cadet program to bring in more police officers. Candidates would start as campus safety officers, then move to a cadet. Then finally, if it all goes well, become Hutto ISD police officers. They can go from the safety aspect to the police aspect and stay within the same district. While some districts have faced challenges filling positions, Williams says the move increases school safety. Having more officers on campus is definitely going to make the district safer. At all. And it will create a pipeline to keep people in the district. It'll help us, one, have a greater uh, recruiting pool to look towards. Officer Wheeler says hiring from within is a good move. They've got familiarity with the uh, school system already. They know the campuses. They know a lot of the kids. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Going in depth here, House Bill 3 also called for the creation of a safety and security department within the Texas Education Agency. And it gives that new department the authority to compel school districts to establish robust active shooter protocols. Those that fail to meet the agency's standards, however, could be put under the state supervision. It also requires the TEA to develop standards for notifying parents of violent activity on campus. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning, all. We will get to the Sugar Bowl and all that went on against Texas and Washington in a moment. But we're going to start with the first of many of these announcements over the coming days and weeks, and that is Texas players declaring for the NFL draft. Xavier Worthy, the first one of those a night ago. No real big surprise here, as he announced it on social media. This really his biggest last play in a Texas uniform. Quiet, kind of a quiet night in the Sugar Bowl for number one, but an outstanding career in burnt orange for number one. 197 catches in his three-year career. 26 touchdowns, over 2,700 yards receiving an impact player right as, away, right away as a freshman. And now really, as we saw this year, a great punt return as well. All right, Texas fans. You can remember this, of course, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. In football terms, it's better to have made the playoff and lost than to not have made the college football playoff at all. Longhorns had a chance to win late after being down by 13 points late in the game against Washington in the Sugar Bowl. Some miscues kind of led them to be down late. A couple fumbles, a number of penalties. They had 10 penalties in the game against the Huskies, but they had this play. One second left, touchdown would have tied it up 37. You were Adonai Mitchell 
can't quite get it. So a heartbreaking loss, but Sark postgame knows how much his team did this year. I feel for them because of I know how much they poured into this uh, entire season. Uh, but like I told them in the locker room, you know, we came into this season to be champions, and they are. They're Big 12 champions, and they should be very proud of that. Uh, they were they were a second away from from playing for a national championship. Also a bit weird and sudden to say now, but I guess it is basketball season. Texas women looking for their first Big 12 win on the road later tonight against Texas Tech in Lubbock. That's it for sports. We'll send it back to you. Thank you, Noah. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Here's what else we're tracking for you at 5 o'clock on KXAN News Today. When we could see border checkpoints reopen and the backlash the Texas governor is facing about the situation in South Texas.